everybody. Andrew Sue with Transportal CFB here. Look, we're excited to announce that we've partnered with Run Your Pool to bring you a weekly free college football pick and pool. You think you have what it takes to beat our team of experts? Here's your chance. How do you play? The sign-up is completely free and easy. The link to the pool is in the description of each video on our YouTube channel and our podcast on Spotify and Apple. Click the link, create a new account, join the pool, click make picks, then hit make your picks on the left, make your straight up picks for 10 of the week's biggest games. Once you're done, save them on the bottom. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Three winners will get Fanatics gift cards, 150 for first place, $100 for second, $50 for third. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to our pool and make your picks today. Now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Transfer Portal Podcast presented by No Context CFB. Week one is coming up. This is the preview pod, and we are very happy to be joined by Eric Edholm of NFL Media, NFL.com. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Good to be back with you guys. And uh, I think last time your uh, knowledge maybe looked a little... Uh... A little silly. You guys know the the sport as well as anybody out there. I do appreciate that fact. So I'll I'll try to keep up. And we appreciate you for the compliments. And you know your stuff as well. You are very good when it comes to everything football, especially NFL draft, which we will be talking about today. My name is Andrew Liam and Dylan join me. How are you guys doing as well? Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Also good. Eric knows a lot too. He's selling himself way shorter. Uh, I, I gear up, you know, I mean, like I have my baseline sort of uh, foundational knowledge. And then once the games start, which as you guys know, they already have, but for the most part, this weekend is the, the real action or Thursday, I guess, to a degree. And then I, I incrementally work my way up to uh, semi-respectable, I guess. Yeah, the, the weeks do start week one, even though there were games, but this is where we do really get the real meat of college football. We want to start off talking about some of the best storylines in the sport. What are some of your guys' favorite storylines that are going to be happening this week? We'll start with Eric. Yeah, this is a good week. Uh, you guys know this is uh, for, for as, you know, anticlimactic as week zero was. Didn't really have too many marquee games. I think we got some really good ones. And I would say, you know, I mean, if we're just talking – sort of big picture Utah versus Florida could end up being a really big game. I mean, you know, Florida may be in a little bit of a transitional season, but they're still tough. I mean, this is still a a team loaded with athletes. Billy Napier, I think can, you know, uh, sort of set the foundation and get rolling after this. He's got a quarterback in Anthony Richardson who, you know, could be special, could be a bust. We really don't know at this point. He's got all the tools. I mean, we'll probably end up talking about him a little later, I'm sure, but you know, and then Utah is like the the classic sneak up on you and and dominate the season kind of team. So I mean, they they could end up a top ten club, but this is a, a massive game for them. And uh, you know, rising and and Tavion Thomas and the, their big offensive lineman they always seem to produce and a really nice defense. I love Clark Phillips, Cole Bishop, the safety's really good player. Junior Tafuna up front. You know, no Devin Lloyd, but still, I think, you know, every year they seem to produce great talent on that side of the ball as well. So, you know, throw the Rose Bowl out. I think they're a good defensive team and we should consider them that until further notice, but they're going to have their hands full with Richardson. So just a a cool non-conference game, two opponents we don't normally like to, or not normally uh, like to, but normally see paired together. And uh, I think it'll just sort of have a big sort of imprint on the early part of the season. 
Yeah, I think for me, I think my uh, the one I'm super excited about is on Thursday, actually, is the return of the backyard brawl. Um, you know, the last meeting was 11 years ago. This is the, I believe, 105th meeting between the two teams, um, you know, the f- first played in 1895. I mean, this goes back, you know, such a long time. And Pitt leads the, the all-time meeting 61-40-3. to uh, But West Virginia has kind of dominated the last couple decades that they've been playing. So... Um, but I think the biggest storyline with this that's going to take all the headlines is the quarterback battle. we got Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels. Those two guys played together at USC, kind of fought for playing time when they were there. Now they're at new places and look to, you know, kind of revitalize these these programs. Obviously, Pitt's coming off of, you know, their historic season, but they're trying to prove, you know, that they're still a contender in the ACC. West Virginia is in sort of a, uh, a make it or break it year, year four under Neil Brown. So I'm super excited to see this game. You know, it's always physical. The last game was was decided by one point i expect this one to be just as close yeah it should be a really good game i gotta give a shout out to james madison jmu is opening up their season against mtsu really could be their first win in their new era as an fbs program look out for chris thornton he's my number eight wide receiver in the group five but then i I gotta get serious. This isn't a favorite storyline. This is some real bad stuff that's happening at Florida AM. This situation is terrible. Yeah. It's an absolute mess, and I feel horrible for every kid on that roster. The leadership at the university, if you could even call it leadership, they've done anything but lead these kids in the right direction every kid has been set up for failure. The guidance of these leaders has led to an obscene amount of ineligible players in due part because they were they were told to sign up for certain classes that they shouldn't have been taking they were told all these wrong classes to take it set them up for for an awful situation as you can see isaiah land how does he feel right now just Mm. a few months ago he was in the transfer portal had every school in the country pretty much sec included the top schools there gunning for him wanting him to play for their school he stayed loyal to his hbcu he stayed loyal to florida Florida A&M. Now what? He's ineligible, has no clue what his future holds. He could be, his stock is tanking every time he's not going to be able to play for no reason. It's not his fault. The people that are supposed to help these kids set them up for so much failure, and it's not right. If you look at what happened in the UNC game, yeah, they fought hard. Look at some of the other stuff. Two season-ending injuries occurred. Their offensive line went out there with seven guys. None of them had knee braces on because their equipment manager didn't get to make the trip. It's a terrible situation there. So I need just better stuff out for the Florida A&M leaders. And I feel bad for their coaching staff and all the kids that have to go through this. It's it's not right. It's not fair to them. We got to support all those guys. Uh, they deserve so much better. Great call. Yeah, hopefully we can see change because that is just a messed up situation. I'm going to jump to Clemson. This is a team that a lot of people said had a down year now down relative to their past few years where they were, you know, national champions twice, but this is a team where there's a lot of questions right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, both coordinators are getting replaced. DJ is a quarterback who I don't think many people are high on going into this year. A lot of people are calling for Kate Klubnik to end up being the starter, And I do think he will end up starting some games, but you know, we can talk about Georgia tech's not a good football team by any means. But we can also say that and look last year, Georgia Tech played Clemson dang close and came very close to winning that game. So we can't just write off Georgia Tech right away. Do I think Clemson wins the game? Yes, but we need to see some serious improvement from guys like DJ Oyungalele, who, as I already said, last year he just did not look anything close to what he looked like in 2020. 
I'm glad you brought his name up and not me. I wouldn't have been able to get through the, the third or fourth <laughs> letter there, I don't think. So thank you for that. DJU. DJU, right. Yeah. I'm just glad I have to say it and not spell it because there's no way on <laughs> earth I'm doing that. Well, but... enough, I could spell it. I yeah, right. That's how I say it. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, this is a quarterback heavy country right now. I mean, we've got two of the best ones that everybody talks about. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Can mm-hmm. Bryce Young repeat as Heisman? Is CJ Stroud going to win it? Some people think he's the best quarterback in America. Those two are amazing. But we need to pay some respect to some of the guys that, you know, maybe not on that tier, but are right below it. Who are each of our QB threes going into this year? Yeah, I'll just throw some obvious names out there. I mean, you know, I think if if you press me into an answer, I'd probably suggest Will Levis, you know, the NFL tools, some running ability, you know, improved pocket work. And I would say, you know, recognition over the course of the season last year really seemed to take a big step and a lot's expected of them. But, you know, they'll have a run game. You know, they do lose some offensive linemen, but they should have some receiving talent as well you know, well-coached operation, but maybe in a month it's Tanner McKee or maybe in a month it's Anthony Richardson. You know, they, this this year isn't going to be as, you know, I know, I, you know, Spencer Rattler was probably promoted a little too quickly last year. And, you know, there were some disappointments in the quarterback class last season or last year, last cycle. But, you know, I mean, every year we have these mysteries and Richardson is the biggest one of them all. Uh, you know, you could tell me he could be the first quarterback drafted or you could tell me that he's going back to school and and in the same position Rattler is where he's, you know, having to kind of rebuild his stock a little. So I'll say Levis now, but I'm not completely sold on him either. You know, he's got work to do as well. So I like it. I, I like that we go into this class with, yeah, a couple of knowns, but but a lot of unknowns as well. Very guilty of the Spencer Rattler hype because I picked him to win the Heisman last year, and uh, boy, did that turn out uh, miserably. But uh, I'm going to go with a friend of the transfer portal CFB. I'm going with Grayson McCall as my QB3, uh, wow. the two-time Sun Belt Conference Player of the Year, two-time All-Sun Belt first team. His accuracy, in my opinion, could be up there with Strives and Youngs. I mean, he completed 69% in 2020 and topped himself with 73% last year. He doesn't throw a ton because the last couple of years they've had such a talented backfield, but I expect that to change a little bit this year. Um, He's thrown 495 passes in his career, six interceptions. That's it. That's insane. And he loses his three leading receivers this year. So I I expect somebody to step up, but Grayson McCall is going to put those guys in great positions to succeed. And I think Coso is going to be right back in the, you know, the new year six conversation this year. I, mean, I love that call, but I had to go with a different member of a Carolina school. If you know me, you know I got to bring up Devin Leary here. In 2020, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, suffers a broken fibula. I was devastated when that <laughs> happened. I was so high on that kid after watching him for a few games in 2020. How does he bounce back? 35 to 5 touchdown interception ratio in 2021. He's going to turn 23 on September 10th. NC State has already built a tremendous amount of hype going into the season. All eyes are on him. Take advantage of it. This isn't college football anymore. This is a business opportunity. Sell yourself to NFL franchises. I think Larry could do that. I really like his exquisite poise and excellent ball placement. Those are my favorite two things from him. And I just really like how often he's, he throws over the middle. He's not scared to throw over the middle. Really good timing and anticipation shown. So I like Devin Leary as QB3. If any of you at home are wondering, how open is the quarterback room outside of the top two? Well, 
you know, we have a Will Levis, we have a vote for Grace McCall, a vote for Devin Leary, and I'm going to talk about two different guys. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, I love his mm-hmm. arm, especially what he can do in the short and mid-range game. He has the confidence that Liam talked about Leary having, throwing over the middle. Tyler Van Dyke trusts that he can throw anything on the field, and I agree with him. He's not the most mobile guy. He's not, you know, going to be a super threat on the ground, but he does have the mobility to get outside the pocket, make room, and have plays with his legs. But then there's another guy that I'm not going to say he's QB3 right now, but I need to give him his props. Cam Ward, coming from Incarnate Word to Wazoo, I am enthralled. I am in a trance. I don't know any other adjectives that can make me just more happy to watch him play football. I think that this guy has a real shot to be this year's transfer that just blows up the college football world. I love everything about his game. His throwing motion is just sexy. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> like I know that's probably a weird word to describe a football player, but I can't use any other term. It is just Sorry. that beautiful to watch you're among friends you can say whatever you want man we're you're we're all supportive here i like it we're all supportive of the beautiful game that's right all right you know we we talk a lot about quarterbacks but there are a lot of other positions in this 2023 draft what are some what's another prospect just one other prospect in 2023 draft that doesn't really have the high stock right now but you think that they could explode this year well Let's see. Let me try to come up with somebody who's maybe, uh, I mean, you know, if you want to go like Keely Ringo, obviously was kind of a star of the national championship game just because of the, the late pick six. But, you know, I, I think anybody who followed that program or knew before that, you know, for all the amazing defensive talent they had Georgia had last year, you know, Ringo, I think when it's all said and done, is going to end up being, you know, physically speaking, you know, relative to his position, I and mean, you can't compare a defensive tackle to a corner to a, you know, a linebacker to whatever, but you know, this is as good as it comes, right? I mean, he's a, he's a track star who has incredible ideal measurables uh, playmaking ability, which we've seen before. So, you know, for the more casual fans, I would say he's a name that probably, you know, you should get to know at this point and feel like, you know, he's going to be, I think when it's all said and done, pretty pretty darn high up the ladder. I'll give you one more quick one. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. It's been a while since I've watched a Texas Tech defender who I thought, boy, that's that's a you know a possible star right there. Length, you know, great weight distribution. I just sort of felt like watching him move around. I I assumed he was more in the 250 range, but scouts think he's you know closer to 260, 265, even 270. I mean, that's that's the kind of uh, elite athlete that Tech hasn't been able to recruit enough of in the last uh, couple of decades. But I think he'll be a, a a fairly high draft pick when it's all said and done. I'm going to stick in the SEC East for mine. I'm going to go with Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for Tennessee. Um, he's got the most receiving yards out of any you know returning receiver in the SEC. And the dude just absolutely shows up in the biggest moments. I mean, you talk about his three biggest outings last year. 200 and a touchdown against Georgia, 152 and a tud against Alabama, and 150 and three touchdowns against Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Also had a two-point conversion in that game for anybody keeping score. Um, the last time a Tennessee receiver had 200 in a game against an SEC opponent, does anybody have any guesses? Does anybody know off the top of their head? What was the stat again? The last time a Tennessee receiver had 200 against an SEC opponent. Oh, boy. Not Juwan Jennings? Nope. Before that. Okay. I don't know who we got. Denarius Moore against South Carolina in 2010. That's that's going back, man. Yeah. So it's been a long time. I mean, Tillman's a big physical athletic receiver. 
is a threat to score. And every time he's got the ball in his hands, he's got a dynamic quarterback throwing him the ball in Hendon Hooker. Um, I think he's going to break some records. I mean, he's entering the season with four straight 100-yard games, seven straight with at least a touchdown, which is already a school record. I think Tillman's going to go off this year. He chose to come back. I could see him putting up 1,500, maybe 10-plus touchdowns. Mm, so first, I will give some FCS shout-outs. Xavier Gibson, wide receiver at Stephen F. Austin, had a touchdown week zero. You know, our guys at the Dakota State's, North Dakota State, Noah Gindorf, Cody Malk, South Dakota State, Tucker Craft. Look out for those guys. But I'm going to stay in the SEC. I'm going to also go with the wide receiver because I think if he's entering this class, it's because he blew up in the 2022 season. Antoine Wells Jr., South Carolina wide receiver, by way of James Madison. He is a star in the making. He's going to cook with Spencer Rattler, all-around skill set, surgical route runner. He's going to be a big-time piece in the red zone as well. If you look at his contact balance and work after a catch, dude's legit. Like, just look at some of the catches that he makes at JNU. Incoming um, defender right to him immediately. Just simply, just guy just bounces off him like like a bouncy ball or something. Like if a bouncy ball were to hit you on the shoulder, just well to the ground. Makes that super easy. He's off to the races. But my favorite trait is the late hands. He and Chris Thornton, who I mentioned earlier, their late hands that they showcased that JMU, some of the best I've seen in the college football last season. They were so good. that He often catches a DB sleeping because they don't think the pass is coming his way. Just sells it so well. So there is no doubt in my mind that he is one of the hidden gems of this sport. I would invest in Antoine Wells Jr. He's going to break out. He's going to be a really good NFL receiver one day. I'm going to jump out of the SEC. I'm going to go to well, the Big Ten. So I, I don't know if it's that much different. We're just going to the northern version of the SEC. I'm going to go to Maryland, and I'm not going to talk about one of their super talented wide receivers. I'm not going to talk about their quarterback, who I think could also have a potentially very good year. I'm going to talk about Jalen Dunk, the offensive tackle. This dude is 6'6", 320. He shouldn't move like it. He is very athletic. He's not a finished product. I do want to see a little bit more development. Hand placement has been a problem, but this is a guy where if he can become more of a finished product, this high, very high limit for his ceiling. So we're going to go from 2023 draft to, you know, 2022 college football, because this is a college football podcast. We just love talking NFL draft when we can. One game to watch this week. This is the first week of real college football. Not that last week wasn't real, but we got, pretty much every team playing this week. What's one game to watch that everybody needs to see? Uh, I'll, I'll throw one out there. I, I'll say Cincinnati, Arkansas is going to be a pretty fun one. I mean, you know, Arkansas feels like they've been on the verge, you know, of kind of breaking through a little bit inconsistent or a couple games that just sort of, you know, undercut their season. And, you know, we know KJ Jefferson's back and, and can do a lot of special things. They lose Traylon Burks, but you know, they, they've they've got the defense in order, bumper pool, other good players on that side of the ball. Cincinnati obviously coming off a storybook season for them. And, and you know, you know, the first, you know, creating history, the first ever non-power five team to make the CFB playoffs. I think it was, you know, they still have a foundation in place despite losing all those, those great underclassmen and seniors that they had last year, including Desmond Ritter. So they've got, you know, questions of quarterback, no doubt, but they've also, you know, have – you know, the foundation of a, of a team that that did some great things and, and more pieces in place than maybe some people realize. I still think Arkansas is the better team. I would pick them. But, 
you know, they've also, like I said, had a few no-show games. So this is, a, is an important test. If since he can beat uh, an SEC club and make another statement, you know, anyone who doubted them last year or, you know, shrugged their shoulders at what happened has to start taking notice, I think. I think most people are going to go with what you went with earlier with Utah, Florida as a top storyline. A lot of people would say Oregon, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I think one that's going to be really exciting to watch that could pay dividends toward the end of the year is NC State, East Carolina. Because NC State comes in, they're in the top 15 in the preseason for the first time since 1975. Like they've not had this kind of hype going into a season in a very, very long time. Lou Holtz was in his fourth season, was 38 years old the last time they were in the, in the top 15. He's now 85. So this is uh, this is the time for NC State to put it all together. They've got experience all over the place. However, I think this is a game where you could put NC State on upset watch. I think East Carolina's offense returns a lot of experience as well. Offensive line is going to be a concern, but the run game with Keaton Mitchell is really exciting. Holton Allers at quarterback is one of the most underrated, in my opinion. Had a really good year last year. There's something about East Carolina going against really good teams in Greenville. I just think you can't overlook them. I'm personally picking East Carolina to, to pull off the upset in this one and kind of change the you know, the college football playoff, if people want to include NC State in that game. The lefty gunslinging quarterback, Mr. Holton, is Mm. truly a fun watch. (laughs) But look, man, you know where I'm going. I'm going for a Sunday game. I'm not going with the one everyone thinks. 12 p.m. Pacific time. It's Florida A&M, who I talked about earlier. I'm not going into that again. But they're playing Jackson State. It's, It's appointment television, is it not? Prime time on the sidelines. Travis Hunter making his debut. This is going to be a really fun game at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Um, look, we obviously just saw what Florida a and did. They impressed a lot of people, as I said, like 10 minutes ago. Each one of these kids and members of the coaching staff deserves our, our support. We shall watch this game for them, if nothing else. Now, look, they made the FCS playoffs next year. You know, uh, Last year. Not next year. Maybe next year. But they made the FCS playoffs last year. That's a huge accomplishment for an HBC. That doesn't happen too often. So look out for them. Head coach Willie Simmons at FAMU is earning a lot of respect. Um, and, and then at Jackson State, like, <laughs> like what else guys say about Jackson State? The, what they're doing in the recruiting game is crazy. You've got Shador Sanders at quarterback. You've got Shiloh Sanders at DB. John Huggins is another good um, safety that they have that I know Jordan Reed is really high on. He put him number 13, I believe, in HBCU prospects. Malachi Weidman, who I've talked about a bunch of receivers, a freak athlete. Kid plays basketball for Jackson State as well, formerly of Tennessee. And like I said, Travis Hunter's debut. You have to watch that. Yeah, definitely a must-watch. I know Dylan talked about a Carolina team getting upset. I'm going to bring up a Carolina team that could get upset. Georgia State is going to South Carolina. And I think that this is a game where a lot of people are going to be watching for South Carolina, all the transfers they bring in, Spencer Rattler. How is he going to bounce back from last year's disappointing season? Everybody's going to want to watch the Gamecocks, but they're also going to be watching the Panthers. And the Panthers bring in a pretty dang good team. There's a lot of pieces on that secondary I like. They have a two-headed monster in the rushing game with Tucker Gregg and Jamez Williams. I think that this is an underrated game. And if we're talking about potential upsets, this is one people need to pay a lot more attention to. 
So with that, we're going to go to player focus of the week, one power five, one group of five, or FCS. Start with Eric. Who do you have on the player focus list? All right. One, you said one of each, right? Yeah. Okay. First, let's go familiar, big name, Noah Sewell, brother of Penne, Oregon linebacker, big game at home against Georgia. What are they, 17-point underdogs or something yeah. like that? You know, I mean, it's a crazy number for – you know, where the teams are ranked and where the game is being played. Uh, and, and Sewell, I think, you know, he's a fascinating prospect to begin with. I mean, you know, I I, I really like the player and think his his instincts, his IQ really show up nicely. Uh, you know, very powerfully built guy. I think well-rounded. He can cover, he can blitz, he can defend the run. And they're going to need it. I mean, frankly, this, even though you may think defense first with Georgia, obviously, you know, Eric Gilbert, Brock Bowers, uh, Darnell Washington at, at tight end, you know, Kenny McIntosh, Milton, the freshman at, at uh, running back, you know, they always, they always pump out the athletes at receiver. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stress they can put on you, even though, you know, the, the, the big plays aren't always there. It's a tough team to defend. I don't care what anybody says. And Noah Sewell is going to have to be the centerpiece of that. A big game can really kind of help boost himself there. Uh, and I believe Army's playing Coastal this weekend, which means Andre Carter gets a, a, a fantastic – I hope I didn't steal anyone's uh, choice there. But Carter is a guy that I'm, I'm uh, doing a little background work on, hope to, to talk to pretty soon here with a, with, a, with a feature in mind. But he's got a fascinating backstory for people who don't know him. He really broke out last year. He'd only played defense a couple of years, one at prep school, and then his, uh, his first year on campus as a cadet. And – you know, he really came out of nowhere and was one of the best edge rushers in the country last year. You know, g- gave Missouri fits in, in the bowl game. You know, was was consistently good. Wisconsin, he had some some impact plays in that one. It was a tight game. You know, just go back and watch him last year, and you say to yourself, "This is an Army player. They haven't had a first round pick since Doc Blanchard and and uh, you know, Mister Inside and Outside in the '40s." I mean, really, they have not had. Uh, a first round pick or, or a high draft pick for that matter uh, since, uh, you know, wartime post-war days. So pretty incredible stuff. If he ends up going top 50, maybe first round, something like that, he's got the opportunity and, you know, it's games like this against a, you know, a highly productive quarterback like McCall and everything else that coastal does. So uh, that's, that's a matchup I'll be looking for. And those are definitely two of the most exciting linebackers in the country. Um, I'm going to go defense for my my power five. I guess you want to call them power five. Notre Dame's technically power five. Let's just throw them in there. I'm going Cam Hart, the starting corner for Notre Dame. He's a senior. He's appeared in 25 games, 10 starts all last year. Had a really good year last year. But we're talking about Ohio State in Columbus, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, you know, Julian Fleming. This is such a crazy good offense for Ohio State. It could be the best we've seen in years. And that's saying a lot for Ohio State. Um, Cam Hart's going to be playing in the field, lining up out wide. I expect him to be on GSN most of the time. Uh, Marcus Freeman said they're going to probably, you know, rotate guys a little bit, keep them fresh and keep Ohio State on their toes. But I mean, we've seen Jackson Smith and Jacoba can go up against anybody and torch them. I mean, the dude just is the complete package and Cam Hart is going to be the guy uh, to, to, that's probably the best shot at stopping JSN. Maybe not stopping. He's unstoppable, but just limiting him and keeping him under, you know, the stats we all know he's probably going to put up. Um, you know, physically matches up well. 6'2", 198 to JSN, 6'1". Um, really talented, really physical. So I expect, a you know, a, a really good challenge for Jackson Smith and Jigbo on Saturday. And you're a group of five? 
I went my group of five. See, I'm so used to only doing one because last year we only did one. Um, I'm going Javon Ducker, running back with Memphis. Comes over from Northern Illinois. Uh, Brandon Thomas is slated to be the RB1, I believe, but had some injuries last year, had some fumbling problems. I really think Javon Ducker is going to be the guy towards the end of the season. Um, 1,100 yards in the last eight games alone last year. Mac freshman of the year. Um, goes up against a really strong Mississippi State rush defense that was top 10 in the country. Promises to be really good again. You're on the road. You got the cowbells. Uh, I think if Memphis has a chance, it's going to be through that running game. And I like Javon Ducker a lot this year. Yeah, really good picks from y'all. I mean, anytime that you talk about an academy player possibly being a first-round pick, top 50 pick, it just shows it, – it, it screams how special that talent is. Andre Carter is doing unheard of things, like you said, since the war time. Uh, and then you brought up um, – who'd you bring up first? I can't remember now. Noah Sewell. Noah, yeah. Why couldn't I remember that? <laughs> Noah Sewell, linebacker, Oregon. I don't like – player comparisons so my comparison for noah soul was bullet bill from mario kart and everything <laughs> that you said about him aligns perfectly with uh... bullet bill with the instincts the speed the closing speed everything but look i gotta talk up my power five guy right now considered him for my 2023 draft breakout guy that's gonna blow up it's jared versa florida state the albany transfer was yeah. everywhere in the in the uh, transfer portal, everyone wanted him. Only Florida State got him. He pointed to going there because of what they did with Jermaine Johnson. We saw him first round draft pick of the New York Jets. Jared versus also going to be a first round pick. I truly believe that. I think he's better. I think he could be the better prospect than Jermaine was. I have mighty high expectations for verse. He delivered in his first game. Had a sack against mighty Duquesne. Yes, different opportunity here. He's playing LSU. Take advantage of the primetime Sunday night game. These don't come often, if ever, in college football. We're going to get a glimpse into what his future might look like. Got an insane motor. QBs fear him coming off the edge because he boasts frightening speed and an array of filthy pass rush, pass rushing moves that he's been working on. So Jared first, remember the name. Make sure to watch that kid play some football. And then I kind of, I brought his name up a few minutes ago, Travis Hunter. Like, this kid is making his college debut. Hopefully he is. I know there's like talk that he's 50-50. He better be playing in this game. <laughs> like this is a, a can't miss game if you're a fan of the NFL draft, if you're a fan of college football, for so many reasons. This is number one recruit in the country went to an HBCU. That right there earned so much respect from me and so many others that the number one recruit would spurn top schools. I know he was going to go Florida State for an HBCU. That's so it's unheard of. And when when someone does that, you look and, and you just think, like, he's an influencer, and we're going to finally get to see him play football. I can't wait. I would list the things he does well, but we'd be here for another three hours, and we don't want that, right? So just look at look at his ball skills. They're remarkable. He'll make a, high, a highlight real play on Sunday, guarantee it. He'll go viral. He's a difference maker, a playmaker, inspiration, a trailblazer, a unique talent. And then also, I just forgot to talk about what well, I was talking about a uh, game to watch. Jackson, Mississippi is going through a water shortage right now. Like they don't yeah. even have safe water to drink. So that's another reason to watch that game and support the kids from Jackson State. That I mean, you got to watch that game between those two HBCU programs that are going through it right now. Yeah, I'm going to jump up to the ACC where we're going to see Louisville play Syracuse. 
And both of those teams have a very interesting offensive player, obviously Sean Tucker for Syracuse, but I'm going to single in on Malik Cunningham for Louisville. Look, he loses his top two wide receivers uh, in general and in production, but this is also a Syracuse secondary that has some talented players. I know Liam is very high on Garrett Williams. So if Malik Cunningham wants to pull out the game for Louisville in a week one conference game, so this is going to be big for them, he needs to be able to find a way to distribute it to pretty much everybody. And I'll jump to the group of five pretty quickly. We talked about UNC a little bit earlier. What can we expect from the App State running back tandem of Nate Nolan, Cam Peoples? I'll focus on Cam Peoples because he is probably going to get more of the red zone carries. But if they don't improve, and by they, I mean UNC, if UNC doesn't improve on the defensive side of the ball, there is no way on earth that App State doesn't run for 200. I mean, those two guys, Nate Nolan, Cam Peoples, they are so talented. It is insane. I would love to see them perform. Obviously, this game is also in Boone. So this is going to be a picturesque, beautiful forest scene. We're going to have one of those high up shots that we get every year when we see a game in Boone. Just such a great game to watch. Such a great tandem of running backs to watch as well so with that we're going to move on to game picks because who doesn't love picking some college football games start off with two games on thursday the backyard brawl is back west virginia goes to pit and if anybody saw those west virginia uniforms that they dropped today those are nice does that give <laughs> west virginia any chance a better chance i might add to beat Pitt? Well, I got to jump in real quick. I I didn't let you guys know this ahead of time, and I apologize for that. I technically can't make picks. This is a oh. NFL media thing that, you know, I understand their policy, and I love you guys. I just don't want to get fired, you know. So <laughs> I, I can I can maybe add a little piece or nugget here and there, and I'll let you guys make your picks, or I'll, I'll groan or, or shake my head uncontrollably if I don't like them. Yeah, we won't get you fired. We we like okay. you too much to not get you fired from your job. <laughs> Thank you. So I guess we'll start with Dylan on this one. All right. Well, it looks like our uh, our uh, graphics for our guest pickers got uh, a little interesting. The coin <laughs> question right. mark. Yeah. Bring back the coin. See if you can Bring beat the coin this the week, coin Dylan. Flip. <laughs> yep, I got to beat the coin flip. We both went one and four. That was miserable. I can't let that happen two weeks in a row. So this week, I'm going with Pitt beating West Virginia. They lost a lot of production, but talent-wise, I still think they're leaps and bounds more talented than West Virginia. The Pitt defense is one to watch. This Pitt yeah. defense returns a lot of guys that are just really talented, really physical, and just make huge plays. Kalijah Kansi being one of them. Remember that name. Uh, Keaton Sullivan still has a talented bunch of receivers. Jared Wayne, Kanata Mumfield comes from Akron. Uh, Bub Means from Louisiana Tech. Uh, I got Pitt in a close one. I'm mad that Andrewster said that those country roads uniforms dropped today. They got dropped like two okay. months I, ago. I saw them on social media again today. I so. know you did. I know you did. Because a certain someone thought they dropped today and they just didn't. Look, Pitt lost too much talent. I expect regression. I'm taking West Virginia on opening night. I love Pitt in the trenches. I think that they return pretty much their entire offensive line. You talked about Kalaja Kansi, Dylan. Havokic Baldonado is another name people need to yes. be watching. The Italian he, Stallion, as you call The him. Italian Stallion. He's from Rome, and he specializes in swimming and MMA fighting. That means he has endurance for days. With all that being said, I love Pitt. I'm going to take West Virginia as well. Penn State at Purdue, the other marquee game on Thursday. Purdue, do you have them, Dylan? I do. Ooh. Yeah, I got Purdue. I thought you just were just gonna talk for me. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't have much faith in the in the Penn State offense led by Sean Clifford. I know Liam's probably gonna talk about that a little bit as well. 
Um, I The only faith I would put in Penn State would be if I see a lot of Nick Singleton and I see a lot of Parker Washington because that, that's like it for me. I think the offensive line uh, against this Purdue defensive line might struggle. I, I know Purdue loses George Karloftis, but I still think there are a lot of guys up front that could do some damage. It's on, you know, it's on the road for Penn State. I just don't think that they're they're ready for it week one. They got Purdue by two scores. Two scores. Nice little ad there. Look, I'm not going to talk extensively about him. I'm not going to take a Sean Clifford-led team to win this tough season opener in the conference play against a quality opponent. I'm just not going to do it. Maybe Liam Clifford will get some reps, though his brother. Maybe we'll see him on the field. But, no, I'm taking Purdue. I also... James Franklin over Ed, you know that agenda I've got. So <laughs> give me Purdue. I will say I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see more out of Joey Porter Jr. Have you guys watched him yeah. much? That's the player that I want to be better than he is. I think he's he's good, but you know, he he's he's a typical Penn State player, I feel like, in a lot of ways. A lot of talent, a lot of upside, some question marks too. That that's my little nugget I'll throw in there. Yeah, I know Dylan and Liam are gonna take. Purdue. I am probably one of the fewest people that thinks that Purdue is the most, and this is going to sound weird. They're one of the most overrated, underrated teams of all freaking time. Everybody, <laughs> everybody talks about, oh, they have Brock Thompson, Payne Durham, all these guys, uh, Jackson Anthrop. Yes, they are all very good. And they'll say, oh, you replaced David Bell by committee. It's the money ball theory. The problem with that is you're replacing one guy with three guys, but with David Bell, you still had the other guys taken you know, snaps as well. I do think that losing David Bell is a bit more of a loss than some people realize. I think Karloftis is a massive loss that some people are a little underselling. Aiden O'Connell, as good of a quarterback as he is, he's going to give the ball up. He did it throughout last season. So does Sean Clifford. But I love the talent that Penn State has, especially the wide receiver core. Yes, they lose Dotson, but they get Mitchell Tinsley from the transfer portal from Western Kentucky. They still have Parker Washington. I love this Penn State team. I think we're kind of underselling them a little bit. I will take them in this game and to cover the points. We're not even doing by the spread. I'll take them to cover as well. Jump to the Saturday slate, North Carolina at App State. We've talked about this a little bit. Dylan, do you have, I guess there's not really an upset because it's a pick them right now. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina's not ranked or 1-0. Um, I, so I guess technically by spread, they might be, um, you know, an upset pick. But I'm going App State at home. This is purely a gut pick. Like, this is one of the two games that was just a gut pick for me. You talked about North Carolina's defense. They really struggled. They did well in the run game. I don't think Florida A&M is a crazy threat in the run game. So that wasn't much of a surprise. But I really think Chase Bryce and that passing attack are going to have a field day against UNC, especially if Tony Grimes doesn't play. I know I heard that they'll update him uh, Saturday before the game or something like that. So we really don't know what that secondary is going to look like. Um, and UNC's offense might be missing Josh Downs as well. I think they said the same thing. So give me upstate at home. Yeah, I mean, I took App State against Miami last year and was devastated because of the inability to convert in the red zone, and that's not happening this year. Look, UNC, same story as the past two years. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but their defense cannot sustain consistent play. Their defense freaks, I'll say it. Cam <laughs> Peoples and Nate Noel are top three running back duo in the country, truthfully. They're going to run – you said 200 yards earlier that they could run for – it could be we could be looking at 250 plus like 260 275 like we're getting into that range these guys are both good i would not be surprised if they both run for like 120 in this game they're both really talented backs unc's rushing defense is so bad 
App State will assert the run like they always do. I'm taking App State. I don't think I needed to tell you that. I feel like you could have just skipped me and you'd know I was taking the Mountaineers. <laughs> hey, App State's got some talent, you know. I mean, Nick Hampton at the end. I mean, we you know people's in the run game. Stephen Jones at corner. Uh, who the offensive line has? I think four starters back. I mean, by the way. How is Chase Bryce still in college? Like I don't know. He's I think I've been writing about him for about seven years. I just want that's my little aside for this. No (laughs) pick, but I have to pick on Mr. Bryce a little. Chase Chase Bryce was playing quarterback when the last time Army had a first round pick. Jack Abraham is still playing college football. (laughs) Not starting, but he's playing. It's crazy. How are these guys in it? I don't understand. Those those guys are getting AARP in the mail. Like that's (laughs) that's crazy. Right. Yeah. I, I. Y'all are really trying to convince me of App State. I was going to take UNC because Uh-oh. they – I don't even oh, want to talk about that no performance last year. There's no to be done. <laughs> but the thing is, I love Drake May. I think Drake May is so freaking good. Dylan talked about the Josh Downs. I thought Josh Downs was completely good. I thought that was just like a little limp after he scored that touchdown last week. That might push me to App State. No, it's pushing me to App State. The game's in Boone. Oh, wow. Let's go Mountain. Let's, Let's go. go. I will say this though, Andrewster. I am excited to see what Drake May could do. They have this tough game and then they have the Georgia State game. Regardless of why I think of Drake May, it doesn't matter because why I thought of Sam Howell was so highly and it didn't matter because they just consistently lost last year. Like it just doesn't matter. Their defense is in absolute atrocity. And it's yeah. gonna be the same as it was last year. Like, it's just bad out there. Anyone that feels a, a defense that bad. I just don't want to watch that football team, but I'm going to watch App State because I love App State. I love the Boone area. We're going to jump to a very important game. Uh, Eric talked about it earlier. Cincy at Arkansas. This has a lot of implications for both teams. Dylan, who you got? I like Arkansas. I think Cincinnati is honestly going to take a, a bigger step back than some people were saying. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to repeat what they did last year. 13 wins, won the conference, went undefeated regular season, went to the playoff. You know, that's just not going to be repeated, but I think they're probably not going to be a 10 win team. If I had to guess, Um, there's a lot of question marks that just kind of concern me. I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they still do win 10 games. But in my opinion, I think Arkansas is the better team. Uh, Sam Pittman is five and oh against non-conference opponents. But this is no normal non-conference opponent. We're talking about Cincinnati. This Arkansas offense, Eric, you talked about it a little bit. Really exciting. They do lose trail on Burks, but I think there's still a lot of talent. Raheem Sanders is a guy I think is going to break out at running back this year. Defense might give up some points, might give up some yards, but I think that offense is still going to outscore Cincy's, and I've got Arkansas by 10. Make that 5-1. and one. The gut's telling me Cincy, so I'm taking Cincy. And look, Arkansas this year, first tough game. You're opening the year with a tough game. Your entire schedule seems to be tough games. You're going to have to – find wins and i don't think you find one here and i'll I'll let andrew talk about his pick real quick because i'll say arkansas needs to find ways to get malik hornsby on the field and get him touches get him the ball i don't care if this quarterback is throwing the ball i don't care if this quarterback is lying up at running back or receiver and getting touches that way he is one of the fastest players in the country he is an electric factory he might be a better quarterback in my opinion than kj i would love to see malik get that chance just find ways to get him the ball at the very least. Anyway, Cincy, though, yeah. It's a huge mystery what Cincy's going to do at quarterback. We still don't know. I don't, unless they've announced in the last few hours or something like that, right? I don't think it's, you know, Prater and, and uh, the, the guy who was there before. Brian. Brian, yeah. I mean, 
you know, NFL scouts have, have taken note of Bryant. They, he's, he's on lists and yet he technically hasn't won the job yet, or at least not publicly. And, and Prater's, even though he's a sophomore is impressed. So, you know, there, there may be that factor going into the game of Arkansas, Barry Odom and everybody on the defensive side of the ball, kind of guessing what their approach is going to be. I, you know, it's just going to be a fun mystery to see what they end up doing. Unless, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. They have not announced a starter yet, right? I don't think I have. I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. Just wanted to throw that out there. No, I'm, I'm glad you did because this is such a weird mystery because since he does lose so much talent, but everyone and me included think so highly of Luke Fickle as a coach, they do have more talent than, you know, people are expecting because they are a top, you know, G5 program and just a great program in general. But I still think Arkansas is a very good team. They have a lot of great talented players on defense. We talk about Malik Hornsby. At the SEC media days, Sam Pittman had an interview with, I believe, Josh Pate. And one of the things was, well, since we lost Traylon Burks, we need to be able to find more talented pass catchers. And, you know, if that means putting Malik Hornsby out wide, he's such a talented player. We need to have him on the field whenever we can. So I think that does mean that he'll be on the field wherever they can put him. And I will take Arkansas in this game. Hostile environment Arkansas is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if since he's going to be able to hold up against just a freaking insane environment down there in Arkansas. I will say, too, real quickly, like you said, since he loses a lot of talent, we just don't know all the other talent that Fickle's been cooking up. Like, exactly. we're going to be introduced to them on Saturday. That's kind of also part of why I'm taking Cincy in this whole mystery game. I'm excited to see who steps up. I know they're really high on a couple guys. The running back room got listed as – RB1, 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 RB1. It's it's three oars on there. Like, they're playing four running backs. It's going to be fun to see who steps up. Yeah, and I, I will say one more note before we go to the next game. I'm really interested to see how Arquan Bush performs losing Thanks. top DBs for Cincinnati. He He's going to have to take a step up. I think he's going to be able to, but, you know, that's just one player on a field of 22. Utah at Florida. Some may consider this one of the marquee games of the week. I think we would all agree. Can Florida – even though it's a very close spread, do you, do we think they can pull the upset, Dylan? Uh, that's crazy talking about Florida at home upsetting <laughs> another team. Like that's just wild for me to think about. But man, this Utah team, I think they're going to be the Pac-12's best team since 2014. Oregon, in my opinion. I mean, they were really, really good last year. Think they could be even better. Talked about they lose Devin Lloyd. That is a big loss. They also lose Nephi Sewell, who's was a very solid linebacker as well. But every unit on this Utah team is excellent. They have stars everywhere, potential stars at every level as well. I think Cameron Rising is going to surprise people with the jump that he takes this year. Um, I think he's going to have a great game against a really solid Florida secondary. And Tavion Thomas is just probably my favorite running back in the country. Uh, that offensive line will be unstoppable. The run game will be unstoppable. I don't see an upset happening. I got Utah by at least 14. I think this Ooh. is going to be a statement win for Utah. Wow. Quick, quick story. If I can jump in, I was, I was working on a story for NFL.com when I first started and they said, we want you to do a top 10 Heisman candidates and then throw in two sleepers at the end. Easy, easy, easy to go. And when I came to the sleepers though, I had 15 names and I'm going, which <laughs> one should I pick? Right. I called a buddy of mine in scouting and just said, I'm like national scouting director. And I said, you know, you, you know, all these guys, is it, he knows college football and all that. I said, let me, let me, let me throw it to you. If it can't be one of these 10, who would you put on your sleeper list before I even finished? He said, Cam rise. And he, you know, he's out West, but still, I mean, I said, really? Okay. What's, you know, I mean, yeah, the Rose bowl and he's efficient and he's like, watch, they're going to loosen the belt on him a little bit this year. They're going to let him do more. You know, he's going to have probably the best 
Utah quarterback season we've seen since 2004, Alex Smith or whatever year that was. I think it was 04, but I mean, there's just, there's quietly a lot. I think he'll become a household name at some point this season. And if he does it that way by two scores in, in the swamp, Oh boy. You know, this, I don't think he's Joe Burrow, but I mean, I can see some of those same kind of traits in his game and, and stressing defenses in similar ways. So I look, if you asked me a month ago, I had picked Florida, but it's not even like, I'm so high on Utah. I'm just going to pick Utah. I'll change my pick to Utah. I, I really want to see Clark Phillips ball out. I, I'm hearing some rumblings that we could see him in the punt and kick return game, possibly. I've heard some rumblings about that, so we'll see if that holds true. And maybe if that comes true and he houses one, maybe there's another Heisman candidate from Utah. Yeah, I don't think I can go against Utah. The coaching, the experience. this. The t- Yes, we're we're just like college game day where everybody's going to yeah. pick the same team and they're going to end up losing. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to fall with the ship. You know, this may be at the Titanic, but I, I can't go against Utah. I love the story of Mo Diabate, the Florida transfer, who's going to now be the linebacker for That's Utah. Right. Kind of kind of an interesting first game going against your former school. But I, I love Utah's talent, their coaching, the, literally everything about that program. If they lose, you know what? I that's on me, but I guess it's not on me because I didn't play the game or coach it, but I picked them to win. So, so what? It's all uh, you. Yeah. You know, what? I'll take the blame. You know what? Winningham, you know what? <laughs> it's all good. You can blame me. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the blame. Uh, Army at Coastal. Another game we've kind of talked about a little bit. Another game with two good teams. Dylan, who do you see winning? This is my favorite group of five game. I know we're going to talk about Houston UTSA as well, but this one's going to be really, really exciting. I think this is going to be a super close game. That's going to be one of the more exciting ones on the schedule. Um, I don't see Coastal being able to slow down Army's rushing attack. I think that's going to be, you know, pretty much unstoppable all year. But I think the Coastal offense is more fit to win in a shootout style game. Grayson McCall, we know he's fit for that. He's, he's you know, he's built for the big stage. Um, I got Coastal by a touchdown. So I was just going to say the man, the myth, the mullet, and then let you guys know I was picking Coastal by that. But then it wouldn't be fair to Braden Bennett and Josiah Stort. Look out for those studs. Bennett at running back, he's going to get a lot of touches in numerous plays. Then Stort, I mean, same high school as Isaiah Likely. Weird pipeline to have that from Massachusetts, Everett, Massachusetts to Coastal. Doesn't happen much. Stort's going to play in the NFL in a few years. Killer freshman season for him. And then Sam Pickney at receiver. Look out for him, Georgia State transfer. Yeah, Coastal has a lot of offensive skill positions to replace. I think they lose, like, the, what, their top four uh, most productive guys, top five or something. I love Coastal. I love Grayson McCall. It was a great time getting to chat with him. But Dylan talked about he doesn't think Army's offense is fit to win in a shootout. I disagree. If we go back a year, Army versus Wake Forest was one of the most fun games. It ended like 70 to 56. Wake Forest came out on top. But I, I love Army. Andre Carter, Eric talked about earlier. I think he's such a stud. I'm going to take Army. Kind Ooh. of an upset. Oh, so, sorry. I don't want us having the same picks, Liam, where we're yeah, all going to Yeah, but pick. you wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> one, not an upset, please. That's like a one-point spread, I, not an upset. I was literally – no, Grayson McCall was such a nice guy to you on he the was. interview. How dare you stab him in the back? <laughs> I am vetoing this. 
you can't veto my pick. And also, <laughs> take look, them. I, take them. It, it was amazing talking to everybody we've ever talked to. I'm not going to pick a team just because we talked to a player. Now, if <laughs> now if it's pretty even, you know what? It may sway, but I, I love Army. I think that this is a very good team. I think Coastal lost a lot on offense. I'm going to take Army right here. We go into one of the biggest games of the week. Notre Dame at Ohio State. I say one of the biggest games of the week. Uh, it's not one of the closest games of the week. Dylan, do you have the Fighting Irish getting a little bit of luck on their side? Yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've talked about this Ohio State team. I think they're the best team in the country coming into this season. I like this Notre Dame team. I think they'll be solid. Um, their defense is going to be really impressive, but that defense can only do so much against Ohio State. There's just no way that they hold Ohio State below 35 in Columbus, and I think that's being generous. This might be the best Ohio State offense we've seen in years. Um, I just I don't think it's going to be that close. I've got Ohio State by at, at least two scores. I'm going to be generous and, and show some love to Notre Dame. <laughs> I think if that's showing love, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be just – I think they're going to run it up, honestly. Spreads, what, 17 and a half or something? Yeah, yeah it's it high, is. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say this I, real quick. Let me throw in there. I talked to somebody at Ohio State this week, and they said they're going to be fifty, like fifty highly rated recruits at the game. They are very confident. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're overconfident. I don't know if they're going to wipe the floor with them. But Ohio State is banking on a big win. That's that's just uh, just passing on that little nugget. Oh, yeah, they're going to get it. All I wrote down was this shouldn't be close. Wow. And then I, okay, I say that, but then I did think of something I wanted to add on. Um, oh, Notre Dame. Look, you shouldn't be the fifth ranked team in the country. Like, just straight up being honest, preseason poll, polls stink. Shouldn't be the fifth ranked team. I get feed into the agenda. Ohio State, number two team in the country, national championship contender, gets the top five win off rip. It shouldn't be top five. You have question marks at quarterback, running back, and receiver. What the heck are we going to get from Tyler Buckner? His first huge game. His He's starting season opener at Ohio State against one of the best offenses that we'll have seen in recent memory. He's a 17 and a half point underdog. Notre Dame has no reason being the fifth ranked team in the country. Expectations are going to look so bad after they get steamrolled in this game. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, it should not be close. They shouldn't be number five either. They should have to earn that. I mean, while I agree with you, you went a little too hard on Notre Dame. No, just said the facts. <laughs> you know what? I can't disagree with you. What I will say, Notre Dame fans, if you're listening, I love Michael Mayer. He is very good at oh, football. Yeah. That being said, I, I wouldn't watch the game if I were you. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But you have a very I good idea. was being too hard. What? You told him not to watch the game. <laughs> a little. But yeah, I I wouldn't recommend watching the game if you don't want to be sad. Uh, we go to the this the Sunday night game, Florida State versus LSU at the yeah. Caesars Superdome. We can't technically call it an LSU home game, but we can call it an LSU home game. Yeah, I mean it's it's as close as you can get. I mean, I really really like Florida State this year, and I even liked them last year. But mm. I picked them to beat Notre Dame um, last year, and I was off a little bit. That was a really close game and a really entertaining game. Absolutely. Um, but I just I don't see them walking into Louisiana, I guess, and and coming away with a victory and a 
you know, a, the, an environment that's going to be very close to Baton Rouge, but indoors. Like, imagine how loud it's going to be in there. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really close game because Florida State's three-headed monster, of course, we talked about against the dynamic Duquesne, but Treshawn Ward, Lawrence Tuafili, <laughs> Trey Benson, those guys are just animals. And they're going to be, you know, messing up defenses all season long. But LSU's defensive front made headlines in the spring. Like, they weren't expected to be very good, and they were just dominant from what I was reading. They could be one of the best in the country. B.J. Ojolari, Ali Gay, those guys are animals. Um, but the LSU offense is the biggest X factor for me. Jaden Daniels, probably going to be the quarterback. They got questions at running back. Kayshawn Boutte, not a question. That guy's going to be one of the best quarter, uh, the wide receivers in the country. I think it's going to be a really close game. I got LSU by a field goal. A field goal. Well, I am not going to talk extensively about this. I'm just going to say I think Florida State's defense is going to be really, really good. Uh, I had high expectations going and against the dynamic Duquesne, looked good. But we'll see how they play on Sunday night in primetime against LSU, how they plan to, you know, game plan and shut down Butte, which is near impossible thing to do. Jared Verse, as I pointed to, Kevin Knowles II, uh, another guy to look at. So I'm taking Florida State. I just really like their defense. And maybe that Saints fan that whistles all the time will be there in LSU. <laughs> I, I just can't wait to see what, I mean, I liked Jaden Daniels a couple of years, 2019, I think, right? Bef- you know, the year before the the pandemic and thought, boy, if he could put on some weight and, you know, keep developing, they had a good coaching staff at ASU. Everything obviously fell apart out there. He was kicked to the curb. He gets a second chance and had to win, you know, against, you know, you know he pushed Miles Bryant or, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Bennett into uh, re- retirement, I guess you'd say. Grant Nussmeyer there. Obviously, we expect Daniels to be the starter. And and the Brian Kelly area gets uh, gets kicked off in a, in, a, in a fascinating game, one that could, you know, kind of set the course for this season for him. But FSU, Robinson, and then Love It up front. I mean, they've got some defensive talent, too. I don't. You know, but the uh, Tatum Bethune, I mean, there's there's some guys that I think will will play at the next level for sure. I'm telling you right now, Jared Verse is going to introduce and himself verse, in a yeah. big way. He I, like he's going to get I'll say he'll get sacked in the first quarter. I, I think he's gonna go out there and crush it. I thought I had the Jared Verse crush, you know, tweeting out clips of him chasing Sean Tucker last year. I didn't know I was the second biggest Jared Verse <laughs> fan in the room. That's amazing. It is so good. He is not getting enough love. I, That's awesome. I, yeah, I good. We're the Jared Verse uh podcast preview of the week. <laughs> like kids nuts. A lot of great talent on both these teams. Games on a Sunday night. A lot of players are going to be ending up playing on Sundays weekly in the future. Uh, I'm going to lean with Dylan. I'm going to take LSU. I think there are a lot of great things about both teams. At the end of the day, I'm going to lean coaching. If I have to choose between Brian Kelly and Mike Norvell, I think I like my decision with Brian Kelly. I'll Mm. take LSU in the pretty much home game. Going with the family. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the very strange Southern accents. But... Uh, that brings us into our Transfer Portal CFB Group of Five slash FCS Game of the Week. Kind of previewed it a little bit earlier. Houston goes into the Alamo Dome to play the Meep Meeps themselves, the Roadrunners of UTSA. Dylan, are we Meep Meeping? Um, oh, man, you you set me up for uh, to get trashed because, you know, the Meep Meep Nation, I love it. But, man, this Cougars team, I think they're the best Group of Five team. Uh, I think they really are head to toe. They have a mean defense, Sac Avenue top 15 in sacks in the country last year. They returned most of that production, have a really solid secondary. 
the offense, we know Tank Dell is an absolute machine. Like that guy is so much fun to watch. He's going to put up numbers. I think this is going to be a really close game. I don't remember what the spread is, but um, I, I think about. it's a, yeah, I know it's a really close one. I think it'll probably be really close. I think people betting on that game are going to be sweating, but I've got Houston in a close one. Tank Dell, my number two receiver in the group of five. Sakari Franklin, my number three receiver in the group of five. So you've got a lot of fun receiver talent to watch in this game. Also look for UTSA's DeCorion Clark at receiver. And I would not be a member of Roadrunner Nation, one of the OGs, if I didn't say meet meep right now. I imagine I have my UTSA hoodie on right now. I don't. I'm taking UTSA. Rashad Wisdom, one of the best stories in the country, always playing uh, for his brother, Bryce, close to his heart. Yeah. One of the hardest hitters in the country. Uh, I mean, look, Houston could win this game. They could end up running the table going 12-0. I don't care if I take the loss here. I'm riding with the UTSA. I'm riding with San Antonio. San Antonio. Javarius Owens, one of my favorite players uh, that I don't think a lot of player people talk about, the safety of Houston. I mean, you know, he's sort of taking a roundabout way to getting where he is, but he's got length. He's a good player. He's got instincts. Just think he's going to be end up being a factor in this one. Yeah, and that's a Houston secondary that lost probably their best player, Marcus right. Jones, last year. So yep. we're going to have to see. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have to see how they defend that very talented UTSA pass attack. Frank Harris back there slinging the ball. My I am going to. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to take Houston though. As much as I just talked up UTSA, because why the heck not? I might as well contradict myself multiple times. <laughs> so I've done that like four times in the picks, but. And- uh, Sorry, I just want to say Sakari Franklin also, like I said from first, Sakari Franklin's going to go viral uh, during this game because of a jaw-dropping touchdown catch that he makes. I just had to say that. I forgot to say it. It's happening. Thank me on Twitter when your tweet goes viral. <laughs> Will do. Uh, and that brings us to our final game pick, the Transfer Portal Power 5 game of the week. We, you know, we have to have both. At the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which doesn't look great on TV, but they always have games there. Oregon versus Georgia. Dylan, are you picking your beloved duckies? Well, I'm I'm coming from an unbiased standpoint here. I have written Love for the ducks. ducks. I I am an alum. I'm I'm coming from an unbiased standpoint. This is a very new Oregon program. I have to say program because Dan Lanning has set that bar. <laughs> program. New head coach, new coaching staff, new starting quarterback, whoever it might be. I think everybody knows it's going to be Bo Nix. New starting running backs, you know, receivers, secondary. Like, there's so much that's new. There's so much that's going to be, uh, you know, a question mark. And against a Georgia team that, you know, granted also has question marks. They lose, you know, half their defense to the NFL. I just don't think you can walk into the backyard of a team like Georgia, the reigning national champs with just loads of talent, and just and win a game like that. Now, granted, I did pick Ohio State last year against Oregon. And in the same spirit, I'm picking Georgia by 14 for, you know, reasons I won't get into because, you know, I I want to see Oregon come out hot. Like that is the only reason that I think that they could have a chance. If they fall behind, if they get, you know, gashed in the middle by those tight ends, I think it could be a long day. But if they start out hot and they, you know, stay within a couple of scores, you know, I'd be impressed. That's all I would want to see. We've got enough. Oh, oh go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got a really interesting situation at Georgia where he, he may not be the best tight end on his team, but Eric Gilbert theoretically could be the best or the top 
uh, tight end drafted next year if he fulfills his potential. It may be hard to do, you know, to get all those guys involved and, and make sure he can showcase his skill set along with with Brock Bowers. But I mean, Gilbert is fantastic. We saw him as a true freshman. I just, you know, we've waited so long to to get him back on the field. Like he's he's a special special talent. I can't wait to see how they use him, how he attacks that Ducks defense, and and just the course of the season. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, an unusual situation there, and and the Ducks are going to have their hands full. Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. Quack quack. Wow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not taking. Not taking Oregon. I do think this game's going to be a little closer than people think, though. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people think. Taking Georgia, they'll look out for number 63 on Georgia. Cedric Van Pran, best center in the country, in my opinion. I know we talked up Linderbaum a ton last year early when we had you on, Eric, in one yeah. of our first, uh, you know, season uh, previews. That's the word. Yep. So I'm, I got to talk about the other center. It's, it's SVP. I love it, it. Cedric Van Pran is an incredible player and athlete. Look at what he does downfield getting after it when George is getting their running back screens and everything. So SVP is a monster. Mm. I do. I do got to interject with, with one more player to keep in mind and people might be starting to, to understand because, you know, he's, he's put, getting put on a mock drafts, even though he's only played two career games, Justin flow linebacker <laughs> university of Oregon. Like this guy is a freak of nature. Yeah. And if he shows out against Georgia, man, the hype is going to be real around this kid because he can really play. Uh, a lot of people might not know it because, like I said, the only sample size is, you know, I think he played one snap against Stanford 2020, and then he played most snaps against Fresno State last year. Um, he's had some injury problems, but if, if he can be out there the whole game against that Georgia offense and do some damage, man, this guy's going to be special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've talked a lot about those great players. You know, Liam bringing up SVP for Georgia, Eric, with the – freaking behemoth that is eric gilberts i i i'm surprised no one talked about some of their defensive pieces that are coming back jalen carter that georgia defensive line was amazing last year jalen carter in my opinion is the best of the group he is a freaking beast in the middle you've got tyke smith who's coming back from injury who i think is gonna be a massive piece on that defense you know eric talked about killy ringo earlier who's a very good corner i'm going to take georgia i don't think it's necessarily that close. I would probably pick them to cover the spread, maybe like a 20, 24 point you know, difference. I, one thing I do want to see out of Oregon, though, they do lose Travis Dye. No more CJ Verdell either. I want to see how they're able to bring more production in the running game. I know they got a bunch of transfers. Transfers. One I know very well because I'm a Minnesota fan, Bucky Irving. I want to see how they incorporate all those guys. <laughs> I have Bucky Irving. Oh. <laughs> see i, I get you came to... up with that shut up uh i did <laughs> but you know i'm the king of puns uh so that is it uh, so all... why didn't you talk about broadcast superpowers powers oh, well and wait a minute we just went a whole georgia segment without mentioning their quarterback i know he's yeah. not the sexiest man, thing did win the, yeah. the game mvp i mean let's yeah. you know he's got an iv after his name like he's he's royalty right because that's a better let's go <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he has some sort of a crown somewhere in right. Athens. Yeah. Wherever yeah. it may be, he, he's got to have one. I was about yeah. to make a dirty joke, but I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. It came in my head. I just, I was so close to spurting it out, but I'm not going to do it, boys. We're closer to doing that than making any game picks. <laughs> like, and you're worried about getting fired. Let's say something about my personality. Like, the dirty jokes I have trouble holding back. Gambling, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Too fun. I love it. Gotta, gotta love a good joke. Even when you can't say it. <laughs> I'll email you yourself. guys later. Yeah. I'll say <laughs> perfect. You know, I'll perfect. Or something. Works beautifully. All right. <laughs> that that's everything. Every game is picked. I'm surprised no one took Oregon. Not really, but uh, once again, thank you, Eric, for joining us. It's always a pleasure, pleasure having you on. Yeah. Make sure to follow Eric on Twitter. The ad will be on the screen. I believe it's Eric underscore at home. You're right. Yep. So that's it. I, I had a blast, man. You guys, uh, you, you're, you're caught up. You're ready for the season to start. I'm right there with you. I'm a little behind you on some stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, I think we're in line for a good college football season. I, I, I really do. I mean, last year was great, but this year might have a little extra sauce on it. And I hope you guys will, uh, will enjoy it as much as I will. Even oh, though we, we lost definitely. Sauce Gardner, <laughs> it's true. You, you lose Sauce. It does was gonna <laughs> take a little spice out of things, no doubt. Yeah. No more Sauce, but some extra superpowers. As That's right. We talked about earlier earlier with Brock superpowers powers. Thank you everybody for listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. If you're on any you know podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, like. You do all that stuff everybody else tells you to do. T Portal CFB on Twitter, as we said, Eric underscore at home on Twitter. Make sure to follow all this stuff. He does great stuff for NFL.com and NFL Media. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.